1: Hello, and thank you for downloading this week's podcast of the best of the breakfast show here on Virgin Radio with our pals at Sky. Coming up, Ewan McGregor gives us the lowdown about his epic journey up from the tip of South America back home to Los Angeles and the new Apple TV Plus series, The Long Way Up. The nation's lockdown legend, Sir Captain Tom Moore, brings awe and joy with his brand new autobiography, Kerry Mulligan encourages us to get involved with the Memory Walk in support of the Alzheimer's Society. And Louis Theroux lifts the lid on his latest BBC Two series, Life on the Edge, in which he reflects on 25 years of documentaries. All of that and loads more still to come. Now Dapper Dave, tell us who's first.
2: Forget Hollywood parties. Our next guest is Happiest with his legs wrapped around a chunk of metal and two wheels. His and Charlie's latest motorcycling adventure, long way up, premieres today only on Apple T V Plus, and here to get us all revved up is the only one you ever need to Kenobi. It's the most excellent Ewan McGregor.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> The only one you ever need <laughs> what to an Kenobi.
3: Intro.
1: What an intro. That was awesome. Oh my god, that's the best that he's ever great. done. <laughs> uh Ewan, good evening. The only one you-
0: you need to know oh, the Ke- Obi Wan you need to know. Was that what he said? No, Very the good. only
1: one you ever need to Kenobi. Even better. Oh, the, it's even better, It's even yeah, cleverer. On, than mine. Man. yeah. You, uh, first of all, <laughs> first of all, congratulations uh, on the show. I've seen it. Uh, first uh, three episodes available on Apple TV as uh, from today. Uh, questions, uh, questions off the bat. Uh, do you still do you still have the Kenobi Obi Wan Kenobi keyring they gave you? Oh yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. In the, yes, in the car, yeah. In a little electric bug, yeah.
1: All right, second question off the bat. Sure. Um, what's going yes. on with What's going on with your hair, for heaven's sake? Listen, your hair is shiny, it's lush, it's thick. It seems to be getting younger. Mine is doing the opposite. What are you doing that I'm not doing?
0: <laughs> I don't wash it. I never wash my hair. I mean, I wear into it every day with water, but I never use shampoo in my hair, and that's why I think it's good.
1: See, because in the first step. You know, you play video footage back from like over 10 years ago and you haven't changed you and it's really annoying for for the rest of us who are of a similar age. It's, it's not fair. It's not it's not a nice thing to do to us.
0: No, it's not true. There's lots of wrinkles there. It's shocking. You, you do, when you cut back to Long Way Round, in Long Way Up, you can definitely see it. And both of us, you know, we're hobbling around, you know? Wow. Well, Charlie's hob- more hobbling than I am, but that's because of his terrible accident he had. But... um yeah, no, we're, there's a bit of age there in both of us, I'm sure.
1: My third question off the bat is, basically, forget long way up, long way down, long way round, long way this way, that and the other. How the heck is Charlie?
0: Charlie's really good, yeah. He's really good. He's really, really good. He he had a terrible crash in 2016 and um, really, really hurt himself. And uh, it was a long recovery, like almost a two-year... I mean, really, he's still he's still recovering from it a little bit now but he's really good, he's up and about and mobile and for a while we, we didn't know that that was going to, he didn't know that that was going to be the outcome, so we're very grateful and he's uh, he's in fine form, he never, you know, he never let it sort of get him down, or at least I never saw that in him, he's, he, was, he was so brave about it, he didn't let it sort of define him, the accident, you know, even though he was in a wheelchair for a while and but now he's up and walking around. He's great.
1: He's so resilient as a character. I love him to death. You know, he, he exudes all the, all the Exude. good things you need you need to have about you as a human being. And in, in the opening episode, yeah. you know, there is footage of him in the hospital. You know, he he was very close to death at one point. But in many ways, and yeah. you know, this is not over-egging the point, is it? It's because of his injury that you guys got back together.
0: No, no, it's true. I mean, after a long way down, in 2007... I um, I moved to the States just after that, and then Charlie got really busy. He made another couple of TV shows, by any means, and and um, he started doing these rides with people. You know, a lot you'd go with a bunch of people and ride in Madagascar, or South Africa, or Australia. And so, whenever I was in town he, in London, he would often not be there. And we did. We sort of drifted apart a bit. Um, and definitely, that crash was an eye opener. It was just like you've got to be care you've got to look after these friendships in your life you know you really have to and uh, i was just so i got uh, I, as i re- as i tell him often i got a terrible fright when he got his accident you know so um it brought us back together again i think really it did
1: and so you made time again in your schedule to do something again together to do this show and so it it's, yeah. it's so physically it took 3 months a lot longer than that in the planning you know and and the post-production yeah, so did you have to put things on hold? did you carve out this time did you make a conscious effort to carve out this time?
0: Yes, that's what we did in the past you know we just think about where we're gonna go we do a lot of it talking about the route and then we we do uh, we sort of explore what's available to see in each country what might be interesting to see and then we start making a finer route but while we're doing that there comes a point where you have to decide when you're going to do it and that that's generally speaking to do with weather and we <laughs> We didn't do it very well in this one, because when we got <laughs> to the start point in Ushuaia, down in the bottom of Terrell, we were completely snowbound for about a week. And uh, it was a motorcycle journey, and motorcycle journeys and snowstorms don't go very well together. So we didn't do our planning very, very well. But still, what happens is you go, OK, we're going to do, we'll leave in September. We'll try and get in before Christmas. And that's that's what what, what you decide, and then you tell your Tell your agents and your people, you know, that's, that you won't be available then, and yeah. that's it. I'm not, I'm not and available, sort of and also uh,
1: I'll be very hard to track down because I'll be somewhere between the tip of South yeah. America and Los Angeles. <laughs> yes,
0: good <laughs> luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was fun. It's nice to do that. It's nice to get away and just to be back on the road again. But Charlie's such a laugh, and it's such a sort of, it's such a great feeling that um, riding all day and then just knowing you've got to ride all day tomorrow. You know, and you never know where you're going to stay that night. And in this case we we went on electric bikes as well, which made it um, sort of added uh, added an adventure in that we we didn't know exactly where we were going to charge them every day and so we had to we'd have to find somewhere to plug them in at night and um yeah, that was a bit of a drama. there was a big steep learning curve at first about how to how to get the most mileage out of those bikes a beautiful bikes by harley Davidson the electric um the live wire they're called, and then they made us two prototypes of that live wire bike where, where they, they sort of turned them into adventure bikes with taller suspension and what have you
1: listen it's great you and it is great to talk to you i love the show i really love the show i love i could watch you and charlie oh, literally worse. for the rest of my life um, and and it, it's oh,
0: love. That's so nice chris it's nice to speak to you
1: okay and if you ever I hope to
0: see you soon in yeah, person,
1: if you're ever allowed back home come
2: and sit, come and say hello pal i will
0: all, all right. right mate take it easy Ta-da. the best of the chris evans
4: breakfast show with sky on virgin radio
2: from neo-Nazi folk (laughs) pop to the American criminal justice system. He has a varied palette, to say the least. His new retrospective docuseries, Life on the Edge, continues this Sunday at 9pm on BBC2. So please welcome a man that's thoroughly Louis and very Therui. It's the magnificent Louis (laughs) Theroux! Morning, Louis! Morning! (laughs) I love that intro. That was very classy. Thank you for that. Well,
1: uh, that's the end of all the classiness, because you're talking (laughs) to me now. Uh, So, uh, Louis, well done. Congratulations. This is awesome. Um, It was never meant to happen, but it did because of Covid. You're all set to go with your production team and all the studio bookings to make a brand new series. Uh, So somebody said look, it's all paid for, why don't you do this instead? How's it been?
5: Well, lockdown, the pandemic has been mixed at best, but looking back over 25 years of television involving as you say, neo-Nazis and other assorted strange types as well as people affected by harrowing conditions has been really interesting. Like I've enjoyed the opportunity to try and make something of all this material, like shaping it into themes and try. You know, I know you, Chris, are something of it. You've got a slight guru energy about you. You're curious <laughs> about the big questions, you know, the meaning of life. Yeah. And um, for me, this is the closest that I've got to mulling some of those in a considered way. Yeah.
1: I mean, you you are very um, logistical, but you you are you're coming over to my side of the woo-woo fence because you can't help it because all paths lead this way. If you if you if you have the courage to crack on down that road,
5: I reckon that because I'm I've always been slightly Socratic, like in the sense of asking questions, but you know, only only ever never providing answers. And, and I think probably that's good. But I think maybe in the light Having crossed the hump of being 50 earlier this year during lockdown, that was it, mate. I now feel like I'm qualified to start making some decisions, rendering my verdict on some of, the, some of the big issues.
1: And isn't it funny? I know you talked about this in your Guardian article, which is brilliant, by the way, and people should just just read it. We'll put a link onto our, our Instagram page or where our Instagram stories. Uh, you talked about the fact that, you know, and, and is this hindsight, you know, are we sort of, as, as people do this, don't they, often when they're writing their autobiographies, they, cons- they construct something that, you know, this genius, this narrative that wasn't really there in the first place, but you can join the dots in a way that makes it look like that might have been the case. But you look back at some of your things, you say, well, actually, you know, the clues to... Trump becoming, you know, a Trump-like figure becoming president were there and other things that you've garnered, other shapes, you know, other sort of um, unavoidable patterns that would inevitably lead to one thing or another?
5: 100%. I mean, I think if you see so many of my programs deal with the um, outer limits of, of, of belief and actually the hidden part of the human psyche, right? The part of the unacknowledged and taboo parts of our minds, which we all have, by the way, like the idea that human beings are rational creatures, I think is one of the biggest fallacies going, you know, I think we're driven by much more complicated drives than that. But I think, I think the internet unleashed something. It was almost as though our heads were were, were floating free and could kind of amass and aggregate and create, um, Create, you know, kind of, cre- because be when kind of manifested, like in the political sphere, like these, so so, those tri- the forces of tribalism, the forces of uh, xenophobia, but also the forces of conspiracy-mindedness, all of those qualities, which are by the way aren't uniformly bad, were expressed in a new way. Like first of all. You know, on the underground of the internet and then, you know, then through social media and then finally out in the open.
1: But at no point do you claim, and could you claim, and you're right not to, that, that you had a crystal ball. But in a way, you have a time capsule because it's, you know, you're, you're sort of um, post analysing all this. But now you've realised uh, clues were there, clues are there, looking forward. You know, is there anything you think you can you can forewarn us of? You can give us a heads up with, to guys, what might happen. You know, from, from the trends that you seem to to have spotted.
5: Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Thank you for putting me on the spot. I think the the election in America is in the balance. I think even if Trump doesn't win, which he may not, largely due to COVID, I think I think that's the only thing that derailed him. Um, I think the genie's out of the bottle. Right. I think we're all being Victimized by large, far larger forces than than Trump, to do with globalism, technology. You know, um, I, you know, some of these issues seem almost trivial, like issues of uh, you know w- w- worrying about uh, whatever it may be. Or, you know, wearing masks, or when you consider the technological tsunami that's heading our way. We, you know, we're going to have chips in our brains. I don't mean that to sound. I don't mean to sound like a militia guy. You know, Elon Musk talks openly about his his plans and again i'm not trying to make it sound sinister i think it's it's inevitable that we will become uh an, you know androids in some form uh, you know in the in the sense of having kind of Technology existing as, as part of our identity. In a sense, it already does, like in the form of our mobile phones. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I've, I've gone down a bit of no, a road. No, hole. no
1: I, I know what you're talking because Elon Musk has talked about this thing where he thinks we will all volunteer to have, I don't know, sort of antenna or virtual, digital receivers on our heads that feed, that give us all the knowledge there's ever been so that the, 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 the playing field is leveled, at least from that point of view, for everyone at barely no cost.
5: Correct. But, you know, that leads to the opening to. Presumably, that that being hacked in some way by a a hostile (laughs) actor and, and so... Ah! You know, my tiny brain is too small to, to, to deal with the consequences of all of this but it's, it's going to be big stuff
1: well if your brain's too small God help the rest of us we've got to go because uh, we're out of time you're amazing uh, please come and see us soon when you can and well done for this because it's awesome
5: thank you for having me see you soon Chris alright pal uh,
1: Life of the Edge episode 3 and 4 this Sunday 9pm that is the collective uh, name the title for these four episodes episodes 1 and 2 available on the iPlayer episode 1 Beyond Belief episode 2 The Dark Side of Pleasure this Sunday Law and Disorder 9pm And Family Ties come a week on Sunday. That's episode four. Right, we've got to go.
2: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He captured the hearts and wallets of the nation, but his story began many years ago. His official autobiography, Tomorrow Will Be a Good Day, is out now, and here to tell us more, is a more that always leaves you wanting more. Please welcome Hannah Ingram and her dad, the legendary Captain Sir Tom Moore! Good
1: morning, lady and gentleman! Good
3: morning! Good morning!
1: Good morning, morning, Tom. Congratulations on everything. This is a beautiful book. Um, Did you ever think you'd write an autobiography, Tom?
3: I never, ever thought I would write it (laughs) or have to write it. And I've had to dig deep into my past to find all the things to put in it. But uh, most of them you may find are fairly true. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Um,
1: Now, obviously, you chronicle your time in service. You talk about... um, uh, um, you, you talk about Cornwall uh, and your time there in North Cornwall doing route marches with the mock air attacks and continuing weapon training using dummy bullets. You talk about uh, your time as a tank commander in Burma and getting Delhi belly in India. But also, Tom, you love a motorbike or a car, don't you?
3: Uh, I've had motorbikes and cars and I've had Delhi belly that you talk about. <laughs> which which is
6: you, you love a motorbike.
3: I, I do have a motorbike, yes. I haven't got one now. But I, I would like to have. Um, but that's out of the question at the moment, whether the, the leg that is in its position that it is. It's not ra- lacking for riding motorbikes.
1: But you were quite active on, on the motorbike. Uh, the biggest and best uh, ride was your 45-mile London to Brighton Pioneer run for ancient motorcycles. When was that, Tom?
3: Uh, that was in 1955, I think it was which is a long time before your time, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And um, how did you write the book, Tom? Were you, were you, did you, Hannah, did you help? What, what, what form did it take?
6: Yeah, so my father worked incredibly hard on it. He had some help, but it was really... Um, he put some massive effort into it and spent days and days and days and days. Mm-hmm. And remember, at the time, we were still right in the thick of the first fundraising and so we're in the middle of all of that, um, he still found the time and put a huge effort in.
1: Tom, mm. Tom I've not talked to you since, and um, I'm glad to talk to you again, honoured to talk to you again, since uh, mm. you met the Queen. That's the actual Queen. How
3: was that day? That was a great day. has never been such a day. And I, I, I never, ever imagined I would have the privilege and the honour to be so close to the Queen and be tapped on the shoulder, shoulder back with queen with a great big sword. That was a great
1: day. I enjoyed that one. Was it? Was being knighted? Once you realised it was going to happen, was it like you imagined it was going to be, or was it different?
3: No, it was quite different because really, um, I'd always imagined it be inside some, some somewhere right? all bedecked uh, with all sorts of things, uh, but it wasn't. It was a very simple occasion. And first of all, uh, I was put in position, and then an an armchair was brought out, so I thought, oh, well, that's for the Queen to sit on. (laughs) That wasn't sick, because eventually the Queen came out with her handbag and put the handbag on the chair. So really, that (laughs) that was chair for the handbag. She then then walked towards me. Uh, she knighted me which was a great privilege and she was absolutely charming. She was beaming and smiling at me and really that was a great day. Then when she finished she walked back to the chair, picked up her handbag and walked away. So that that chair had a specific, specific <laughs> purpose.
1: That's a handbag. She's the
3: queen. She's allowed a, a handbag for a chair. Uh,
1: I know that all her bespoke cars have handbag holders in the back built into the central console because I've, I've seen them up for auction. They do have those. Now, once again, this isn't – the the pennies that this book – is well, the pounds, hopefully, the, the the tens, even hundreds of thousands of pounds this book is going to make, uh, they're not going into Sir Tom's piggy bank. Uh, where are they going, Tom?
6: So, so the, the Captain Tom Memoirs will support the launch of the foundation. And mm. shall I just pick up the foundation? Yes, please.
3: first so, most important yes. is the foundation. Yes.
6: Yeah, so um, the book will support the launch of the foundation and the foundation is to inspire hope where it's needed most. And we'll be working with Mind the Royal British Legion and Willen Hospice and Helen and Douglas House Hospice. So really shining the light on these charities, which are all around loneliness, supporting those who are bereaved and it, education and equality. So we think we can amplify the message, and we just want to do the best we can.
3: I hope, hope for everybody in the future.
1: And just before you go, and we will let you go, and let's hope this book gets to number one. Let's hope it smashes it. Please, please, please get this, this book to number one. What, what, what can you say to people today who are who are struggling? It's been a strange time. It's been a strange year for you. Um, a, a year that you would never imagine beyond your wildest dreams for so many different reasons. What, what can you say? from the things you've experienced and, and the wisdom mm-hmm. that you've acquired what can you tell give us give us some li- give some life advice
3: to well, the rest uh, of us uh, some life uh, advice I've always throughout my life I've been optimistic I've always thought that things will get better I know if I'd had a hard time I think well if I get through this everything will be alright and that's been my view that tomorrow will be a good day and that you all be the be, uh, optimistic because no things will get better. So there's no doubt. Although maybe things are a little bit hard for some people at the moment, but please remember that it is going to get better, and we shall all do well. We we we, we fought the last war. And we thought we were having a struggle. But what would they do? We went forward and we won. And that's what we always do. We go forward and we win.
1: Oh, my goodness me. What a pro. So we asked Captain Sir Tom Moore for one life lesson, and he says tomorrow will be a good day. And guess what the title of his autobiography is? Tomorrow will be a good day. You are a pro, sir. You are. You are. We, we, are all, we all have so much to learn from Captain Sir Tom. Tom, thank you. Hannah, thank you.
3: Thank you. Uh, Bye-bye. So thank you very much for being lovely to speak to you. <laughs> Tom, very, thank
1: you, Chris. You're very welcome. I can't believe he's thanking us. Wow! My autobiography, Captain Tom. Anybody else tearing up? Yep. Yeah, okay, I'm pretty much gone, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, tomorrow will be a good day. It's out now. Please buy it.
4: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
1: Thank you. We've heard from some cracking guests already, but there's still so much more to come. Kat Dealy enthralls us with her first children's book, The Joy in You. Shobna Gulati walks us through her new memoir, Remember Me Discovering My Mother As She Lost Her Memory. And Bear Grylls waxes lyrical about the power of exercise and how it brings
2: people together for National Fitness Day. All of that and more still to come, so let's crack on Dapper Dave, who's next. Whether it's a furious squat or a gentle walk, keeping active is what it's all about. Next week sees the arrival of National Fitness Day and here to put us through our paces as a man, quite frankly, the polar opposite of Bone Idol. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to witness the fitness of the one and only Bear Grills. Good
1: morning, Bear. <laughs> You're so sweet,
8: Chris. You always get the nicest introduction.
1: How are you? Very well. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah,
5: good. How are the families, Natasha? All right?
1: All good. All very good in the hood. Uh, we're luckier than we deserve. Well, at least I am. They're probably not because they have to put up with me. But um, how are you all? How's, your, how's your gang doing?
9: Yeah,
8: they're all kind of back at it and, you know, back to school and stuff. But, yeah, we've got to have a nice bit of summer, a bit of time in Wales, which, you know, we always love um but yeah back at it now so yeah enjoying life and
1: happy so running well with big Grylls. Um, i know you're not on to talk about that but we love this show and it's, you know over the last few months um because there are worldwide restrictions on still, what we can do and how many people can do it if we can do it at all. Your 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 shows now and shows like yours are real windows, you know, you know, back into the world, you know, that hopefully the the same world will all be allowed to to visit and enjoy and adventure in again. Um where were you when filming was halted? And what you know, who who how far through the next series were you and who were you with and who who can we expect to see in the future, hopefully?
8: Yeah, no, it's um we were, we were halfway through. We, we've actually started filming again. We managed to get to Iceland in July to keep the Running Wild um, episodes going. And we had two great guests there that we, we haven't announced. But we've just done a whole bunch of, you know, ones with amazing Indian stars as well. We took Akshay Kumar and Rajni Kant and Prime Minister Modi beforehand uh, on adventures over there. It was great. So we're doing more of those. Um, we had the World's Toughest Race, which is our Amazon Prime series as well that's aired this summer. And as you say, for me, that one was a real reminder of how amazing the world is. And, you know, during these tough times, you've got to sometimes hold tight. You know, the storms won't last forever. We'll get to do many of these adventures again. But I think also maybe it's been a reminder that you don't have to go to the other sides of the world always. You know, adventure I always believe, really, it's a state of mind. You know, you can have it with family, with good friends. You don't have to go a million miles away. Um, but that show was fun, and um, and yeah, then we're back out to, back out to America pretty soon for more of the running wild. So, so yeah, that one's always a privilege for me.
1: Right, what's going on with their uh, B uh, military fit with Bear Grylls? So this is um, this is an initiative that is the biggest outdoor fitness class. Um, Definitely in the UK, if not the world, 140 public parks. How is that fair? How is that faring now uh, under the situations uh, over the COVID-compliant situations?
8: Well, yeah, I mean, you would think it would be, be a nightmare for us. I we mean, were the largest outdoor fitness company in Europe. You know, we train in parks all over the country, and you think in lockdown it'd be a nightmare. But actually, we adapted. You know, and it's a veteran-run business. It it's, uh, helps veterans train for free. Helps everybody get out of the parks, whether you're a veteran or not. But we adapted, and we took BMF into the home and it all went online and it just absolutely exploded and grew. And we've seen huge surge in, in just people wanting that sense of community, you know, which is what Be Military Fit is all about. And now the parks are open again, which is, which is great to see. But I think for me, there's something powerful about training outside, you know, being in that fresh air. And that's, mm. it's about that resilience inside and outside. And I think, you know, with this COVID time, we've proved that, you know, physical health, physical fitness is a, is a huge part of physical health and, um, and also the mental health aspect. So we've got National Fitness Day next week. BMF are fronting it for National Fitness Day. It's about getting the whole nation on the 23rd of September uh, out exercising and, you know, getting moving and being united because I think what I love about the whole fitness stuff, you know, especially during the lockdown and, and all, all our BMF community... It's that sense of doing exercise together. And that helps all of us when sometimes nobody feels particularly like exercising early in the morning, do we?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> so but what I've done is I've put it into my commute so I have no choice because I can't be late for the show because everyone will know. So I park five miles away so I have to get here on foot or on my bike mm. in, in time and it just works. Because I it, love that. Well it also, I love that. The thing there is it takes the decision away. I don't have the choice yeah. not to do it and then therefore because my car is where I parked it at the end of the show mm. I then have to do the same back and then I get home and it's all done and dusted and my, my frame of mind is just it's just in such a healthy state.
8: I love that and that's you adapting and finding a way that works for you and you know and it doesn't always have to be in gyms you know I think as, as the world changes we find our way of doing stuff and sometimes maybe it is just you know good long fast walk on your own sometimes yeah. it's in a park with great friends but it's finding what you really love and understanding that it puts you in such a great frame of mind for the day and for your job and you you're living that, so yeah, good
0: job.
1: It's it's interesting because I've just started uh, to walk the dog regularly. This is like the last two weeks, regularly at night. So the so mm. the, the, the the small ankle biters go to have a bath in bed at six o'clock, and then the 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 um, older ones go to have a bath and get ready for school the next day at seven until seven thirty. Then we uh, have a hug and a, a chat and a, a kiss, good night. And so between seven and seven thirty, this is a new thing. The last couple of weeks, taking the dog out for a walk on my own by the river, and and what I've found is. That this is the, you know, I'm becoming addicted to things that are good for me. And that is a fantastic yeah. place to be. And it's not a displacement uh, mindset, you yeah. know, it's just that when you first start doing, you know, you, you, first, you know, couch to 5K or whatever it may be, and it takes huge m- motivation, you know. And what happens yeah. is that, you know, people have said, they've st- studied it that, you know, if you can find something that makes you feel good then you will not have to be as motivated and if you rely on motivation that's the feel that runs out quickest and now I've got to a point where I used to have to 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 give my to make myself motivated to do something I'm now trying to find more time to do more thing more activity uh, because mm. I love it so much and that's a fantastic place to find yourself in
8: yeah, good for you. It's, it's like a sort of self-fulfilling thing, isn't it? You, you don't always feel very motivated, but you make that decision to go and do it, and then you feel better, and then you feel more motivated. Yeah. Yeah, so well done. I mean,
1: touch wood, you know, you never know, but it seems to working uh, at the moment. All right, but you're awesome. Um, you were on to talk about this, so we must flag it up again because it's really important, nationalfitnessday.com. Uh, get involved. It's next Wednesday. What kind of things, you know, uh, give us, give us uh, 30 seconds on what kind of things you're expecting to, to, to ho- I'll hope that people get up to.
8: Well, it's really about just celebrating, you know, being, uh, you know, fitness and understanding that getting outside or getting to a gym or getting involved in sport can really help you your physical health and your mental health. And, uh, and that's such a big part of all of us as a society, overcoming corona. You know, they've proved it. Everybody's trying to get fit. But how do you do it? So nationalfitnessday.com, check it out, and you'll find a good local place near to you where you can get involved get fit all about doing it together and having
1: fun uh, Bear you're awesome thank you so much for your time Bear Grills, brilliant
2: as
4: ever on your radio the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio
2: Dapper Davids over to you she's an Oscar nominated superstar a BAFTA winning wonder kid and a supporter of incredible charities the Alzheimer's Society want you to get on board with your own memory walks and here to tell us why that's important and just how you can get involved is the always magnificent Carrie Mulligan Good morning.
1: Oh, morning, Kerry. How are you doing? I'm good. But right, before we go to memorywalk.org.uk, tell us about your adventure and um, industry this morning. Because you, have you been not only walking but running and, and jumping over garden fences and farm gates oh, to God. get a signal to talk to us on well, the phone?
9: Yeah, I live in Devon, and as anyone in Devon knows, it's probably easier. I can't get a sort of proper scope. Signal. So I and I was determined to not let my phone drop out because even when I did your chat earlier, um, we uh, had a brief chat with the producer earlier. It dropped out, and I thought, oh no, I can't let it happen whilst I'm talking about fun society. So I ran up a hill, and then it wasn't good enough at the top of the hill. So. I dodged. I uh, jumped over a barbed wire fence to get into another field, <laughs> and I'm wearing a dress, and the dress kind of snagged on the no on way! the fence. And yeah, and then a car drove past and watched me sort of caught on the barbed wire oh, fence, no. kind of trying not to fall off. But is, anyway, I found I think a good patch.
1: Is your dress so, damaged? Do we owe you any money?
9: No. Do you know what? It's from Mango, and it's actually remarkably durable, and I think it's. Fine,
1: so no, you're good. Um, so, so no, getting hooked on barbed wire, thats not easy. Well, that's not enjoyable is no. it? But thank you. It's funny, isn't it? What you know, what goes on on the other end of the phone line that you don't know is going on until somebody tells you. That sounds like it, it sounds like it might look like the beginning of one of your films.
9: I know, I know. Well, I mean, usually my films are slightly more depressing, but this is a this is a good day, <laughs> and <it's>, it, <laughs> I'm trying to turn that around. Um, but this is no, it's a beautiful day, and I and I'm so I just really wanted to be. Uh, you know, have a good line to be able to talk about this because I think it's such a great thing that's happening Right, now um,
1: you, you, the... you Let's get on to this, let me get you into this uh, properly, so uh, for the Alzheimer's Society um, you know, you are you you've, you've, you are so close to this, you couldn't be any close to this um, because of, of why? Carrie?
9: Well, so, so my grandmother um, lived with dementia for a long time, um, she actually passed away a couple of years ago but um, yeah, I guess about 10 years ago I kind of contacted the Alzheimer's Society and you know, and learnt about their work a bit. And and I sort of, you know, I really, you know, Nance had, my grandmother had a sort of tricky time, you know, she had a really hard time kind of um, coming to terms with her diagnosis. She was diagnosed quite late because she was sort of didn't, I suppose, have the information around her. And it just struck me that, you know, what Alzheimer's society do is so crucial in, you know, helping people with a really, really difficult diagnosis and sort of getting them through it emotionally and supporting them and also supporting the family of people who have Alzheimer's um, and dementia. And so I think, you know, I just really wanted to be a part of of this organisation to try and sort of elevate their voice and to, to raise really, really vital funds and, you know, never more so than right now obviously.
1: Yeah, and there's lots going on ahead of um, Alzheimer's Society um, Day, um, or World Alzheimer's Day. Uh, one of the things um, they're doing is the Alzheimer's Society have published photographs of dementia sufferers recreating photographs from their own past and they are so moving. Have you seen them, Kerry?
9: That's so oh, beautiful, it's yeah, so gorgeous, and but there's a beautiful one of a family sort of sitting on the beach yeah. um that they've recreated I mean, I think it's such a wonderful idea, and it's just sort of bringing back those lovely memories that you know. Um,
1: but yeah, that's such a fantastic idea. Yeah, and it, it's, so, it's so moving. This is so heartfelt because there's one here of a little boy who's painting, and then there's his older self who is now this. This gentleman is, is suffering from Alzheimer's, and um, yeah. and there he is, same shirt and tie, same uh, school uh, sweater. Um, yeah, painting, and you just think, you know, this is this is you know that's who he was. This is who he is. Yeah. In between yeah. is his journey. This could happen to any of us. It will definitely happen to somebody we know, and we should yeah. all just be mindful. Of it, and do what we can and get out there in the fresh open air and make some memories with the Great Memory Walk. So when, when's it going on? How do people get involved?
9: So it's going on. Any, so ordinarily in a normal year, these are sort of big, organised walks. So I've done, you know, walks in London. I did a lovely walk, you know, a couple of years before my grandmother died. I, my mum and I went on a walk with her. She was in a wheelchair and we went on the Swansea Walk because that's much closer to where she lived. Um, And it was honestly, it's such a precious memory to think back now and think of that walk with all these amazing people and going with my grandmother. Um, But obviously, because of where we are now, um, it's people are sort of encouraged to do them on their own or with a friend or, you know, under six people. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the idea being that you can do it wherever you are. You can go for 10 minutes, 10 miles. You can go as far as you like um, and try and get. Sponsorship and get people to sponsor your walk, and you know we can raise a load of money uh, when it's really, really needed right now to support people living with dementia. Because the impact on people with dementia through this has been absolutely massive. Not just that a quarter of deaths, coronavirus deaths, have been people who had dementia, but also the, the isolation that people are suffering from being in care home or being locked down in their own home, not being able to have the social interaction, that's just hugely, hugely, you know, challenging for people living with dementia. And the more support they can have, you know, the, the better they can kind of endure this, like really, really challenging time. So yeah, it's the idea is to kind of go out there with your family. I'm going to take my husband and our two kids and go, you know, around where we live. And I think it's just a really lovely thing to do as a family if you can.
1: Good sell and well said. Very much worth the hop, skip and jump and snag skirt over that barbed wire. Kerry, uh, you're, you're awesome. Thank you for taking the time.
9: Thank you so much. And I know, Chris, you've done a huge amount for Alzheimer's Society and run a marathon, two or multiple marathons. So I'm um, hugely grateful to you as well for all your support and thank you for having me on.
1: You are more than welcome. And we'll do it again. We're doing it again. Uh, this October for the virtual um, Virgin Money London Marathon. Memorywalk.org.uk if you want to get involved. And thank you to Carrie Mulligan. Um, sacrificing a, a, what is it, a mango skirt? Her mango dress. Her mango dress. Okay. Where drama meets durability. <laughs> You've been working on that one. I was thinking about that. Excellent. Nice work. Has <laughs> anything to add? <laughs> really nothing. <laughs> Where drama meets durability. <laughs>
4: Boom! The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
2: She's pumped out consistently brilliant telly for years and now she's sprinkling some of that magic dust on the world of publishing. Her debut children's book, The Joy in You, is out now and here to leaf through its encouraging pages is the coolest cat in town.
1: It's Cat Dealey! Unbelievable! <laughs> Unbelievable. Good it's actual Cat Dealey on the phone. Cat, goodness me. Hello. Good morning. Welcome back. I love you.
10: Good morning. I'm sending the love right back oh. at you. Full speed.
1: Okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're, okay, and you are properly back. You're you're asked for keeps again. You've you've moved back to the UK. You and Paddy and the gang.
10: Yeah, essentially. I mean, this was all pre-lockdown. We we thought we were kind of working everything out. So what we were going to do was just flip everything around and be based here primarily because we want the kids to know family and friends, and they've got grandparents that absolutely adore them, and they adore spending time with them. Yep. And I feel like. You've only got that window of time for, it's such a small period of time, you know? Mm -hmm. So we wanted them to come back here. We wanted Milo to go to school here. So the idea was we just flip everything around. We came back, Milo went to school and loved it here. It was great. And then I flew back there to do a Disney show. And then in the middle of it, global pandemic hits. So I'm a bit like, oh my goodness, I don't want to get stuck in LA without everybody else. So then I finally flew back here we went under lockdown. I was thinking, well, I'll we'll take the kids back with me over a six-week holiday when the dance show happens. But of course, the whole world is upside down right mm-hmm. now and you don't know, no, nobody knows what's going on. So... I'm here, I'm in London, we are having the best time ever, we're loving being back actually, absolutely well, loving
1: it. It's great to, great to have you back and hear you are back and you are properly back, you know, you've got this lovely kids book out Cat daily The Joy in yeah. You tell us tell us about the book, mm-hmm. tell us about the story it's a beautiful thing to have and to hold I've got it in front of me now.
10: Well, you know what it was just like any mum at the end of the day, I'm completely exhausted I can barely string a sentence together, I'm completely inarticulate, so it was kind of like well what do I want to say to my Boys, I've got Milo who's four and James who's two. What do I want to say to my boys when I can't find the words? And it was—it's a collection of thoughts and feelings and emotions, and it's kind of top and tail by love. It's to get them talking about their feelings and their emotions, and I think that's the way. I think as parents, we all want the same thing for our kids. You know, it doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is. We all want them to be happy and kind, and those are the those are the universal themes. So it's like, well the more they can talk about their own emotions and feelings, the more they can empathise with other people. And, and the better they'll become as an adult, you know, then they can reach their full potential as an adult. So that was, that was the idea behind it.
1: Well, it's beautiful. And, you know, it's so concise because you've, you've done all the heavy lifting for us. You've distilled all the thoughts down. The Cat Deely, The Joy in You, a beautiful illustrated book. Now, you've also voice recorded the book, haven't you?
10: uh no uh yes i have actually yes i did I... <laughs> forgive me chris forgive me i'm only one coffee in and we were up a couple of times during the night Sorry. i haven't i'm not finished my second one
1: yet Don't Yes, worry. I have audio... it? okay <laughs> no because it's a lot of pictures and the words are profound and uh you know it's it's what there aren't that many words you know having, no. having recorded three audiobooks myself of of like 300 pages um i'm sure your <laughs> load was a lot lighter um how long did it take what was it like
10: it wasn't very long, it was only about 20 minutes, oh which is probably God. why I didn't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember. i had done
1: it, <laughs> that's exactly why. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. why, right? Now, here's... and
10: actually, yeah. And Rosie's illustrations are so beautiful, do you know what I mean? You yeah. have you have you know, an audio book, doesn't really work with it. Oh, I'm
1: sure it does work with it. I wasn't, no, wasn't intimating really. that whatsoever. Is it she first kids' book?
10: It is, yeah. Well,
1: it won't be your last, it that's is. for sure. It will not be your last. Well,
10: fingers crossed. Fingers right,
1: crossed. Um, give my love to Patrick. Um, by the way, you Thank know there's you. a brand new station here called Times Radio, and I'm sure um, the welcome mat will all always be down as far as Patrick's concerned. They'd love to have him part of that, um, I bet you. I don't know if he's, up, if yeah. he's into that or not. But, um... Yeah,
10: he's, he's off in Ireland uh, next week, actually. He's doing another documentary about the border, because it's 100 years since the border. So he's doing a doc, so he's doing that next week so i'm flying solo with the kids next week i'm, I'm calling
1: on grandma and granddad cat, <laughs> right. um, we're getting so much love for you here now so much Thank love for you. you on the text and by the way um just just briefly sorry i could talk to you all morning uh, but just briefly yeah. just just people who don't know what did you get up to in, in america professionally and and how just how was that in 60 seconds 30 seconds how was that experience
10: Oh it was so exciting. It was it was a mad adventure. I did uh, 17 seasons of So You Think You Can Dance and uh, it was just it was just brilliant. I traveled all around the country. We did auditions. I got to know Americans. It was just a giant adventure.
1: And now does it seem like I mean obviously it ha- it did happen, you know. Uh, your kids were born there. But now now that mm-hmm. it's now they say but what feels what's what smells strongest? Um SMTV or your TV's TV experience in America today now?
10: Oh, you know. Yeah, it you does, know. It? It's so funny, isn't
1: it? It's so it's funny. It's so weird. Isn't it? Because we, we all have those foundation sort of um, periods of our life in us. And, and for me, I think it, it will always be TFI. And, and no disrespect to The Big Breakfast or anything else, which I absolutely no. loved. But it, yeah. it, 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 it just it will always be. Oh, that
10: show, Chris. It's so good. Oh, it gives me chills now. All right,
1: Kat. Well, I can't wait to see what you get up to now. You're back home, home, home. Welcome. Welcome home. There's no place like home, Kat Dealey. There is, and I'm clicking my heels together, Chris. Good for you. And then, by the way, you're talking about the grandparents for the kids there. You know, that's that's time you can't buy back. Those days are not available for any size check on the planet. So, well done. Exactly, my friend. please stay in touch.
4: Please come and see us.
10: I will, I will, I will. Thank right. you, babe. Ta-da. All the best. Bye.
4: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show
2: with Sky on Virgin Radio. She's one of the brightest lights in British television that's opening up on a subject that couldn't be closer to her heart. Her memoir, Remember Me, Discovering My Mother as She Lost Her Memory, is out on Thursday. And here to tell us all about her fascinating and life changing journey is the wonderful Shobna Galati.
1: Good morning, Shobna. Good
7: morning. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah.
1: What a wonderful sunny day. What a beautiful day to talk about your beautiful book. I uh, remember me discovering my mum as she lost her memory. What a journey you've had thus far. Yes,
7: yes, it has. I mean, I think it's been um, sort of. Um, yeah, I think it's a revelation to everybody, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Who's was it, read it? was yeah.
1: it was it a revelation to yourself? Because you know, when you set set off to write the book, uh, what questions did you ask, and, and what answers did you come up with, and what surprised you about your own life? Well.
7: Um, I I suppose spending all that time with mum whilst I was looking after her. I I spent a lot of time talking about memory and her memories. Well, not exactly memory as such, but listening to her remember. And and I think that's what actually, um, you know, made me think and think that it was so interesting to go on those journeys of memory with her. Uh, And you think about, dementia is something where you forget things and you lose memory but I thought it would be a really interesting way to turn it around on itself and approach it through the memories, the things that she actually remembered, and that's where the book came from.
1: yeah, it's beautiful. I mean I know that's what you say you know in the last chapter, you know, and it was a very gentle curveball as I read the book yesterday um, and it's interesting, isn't it did you do, have you thought any deeper about why people who suffer you know um, um mentally debilitating conditions have you have you thought to why they remember things rather than others
7: No. I have thought, I haven't. well, I haven't thought how it actually happens. I mean, I've thought about it because obviously when you're in the room, it's kind of in the book I liken it to like a filing cabinet where you pull out a file and you don't pull out the other one. And then you look through the file and only certain things come out and certain things get left behind. But what, what mum did for me was sort of direct me to that file So I was able to reach into it a little bit further and find the bits that were missing.
1: (laughs) So so tell us about that. Tell us about that procedure. What surprised you there?
7: Well, I mean, what surprised me about my mum was, I mean, she was married to my dad Mm -hmm. um, from the age of 19. And, you know, my dad and mum were, you know, uh, they they were in England together away from their family. And they developed this, Beautiful relationship, so separate from, you know, back home, as they saw it, um and they were very much in love. What surprised me about Mum's memory was that there was a point where she stopped talking about Dad, and then just towards, just before she died, he just came alive again as we went on a trip somewhere. We we were off getting a a Chinese a Chinese meal um, together and, uh, yeah, he just came back so, you know, in sort of technicolour, in a way that he'd been absent for so many years. You know, he he had died uh, when we were, when uh, mum was only 45, you see.
3: Mm.
7: And, uh, you know, he'd sort of left her memory, he was very much present in her memory, and then had left it, and then came back again. I mean, it's surprising. I mean, I, I don't know the answers to this. All I know is the experience that I had with her, and that just and, and it was so extraordinary that I felt I had to write
1: it down well it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a stunning it's a stunning little book and you know um, you know everything is so, so sensitive in it and I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's so you you write like almost like you're treading on your own eggshells. Not that you fear writing about anything, but you, it's just just has a gentle touch to it. Like you know, when your dad leaves for the last time, obviously you didn't know that he would never come back, um, and you you almost didn't you, you didn't get to say ultimately goodbye to him, but you did get to say goodbye to him. But that was almost by accident, wasn't
7: it? Yeah, it was by accident because you know I'm a teenager and we were rowing about something or other. I think it was a telephone bill um, because I had a boyfriend who lived lived in Essex so you know if everybody was going out and dropping dad at the airport because he went to India and that's where he never came back from I thought I'd have some time to speak you know with my boyfriend on the phone you know out of the hearing, earshot of everybody else so yeah and dad had had a go at me for you know being on the phone all the time and not after six o'clock which was you know the cheaper rate. I remember it
1: well I remember Um, it well
7: so it was kind of like, and then, you know, Mum said, oh, come on, stop running with your father, go and say goodbye to him.
1: Thank God you Which did. Which I did. And you gave him um, a hug and a squeeze as well.
7: I cover. gave him a hug and a squeeze and that was it, the last hug and a squeeze. I mean, you don't think about these things yourself. You don't sort of examine those files in your past. Unless you're examining the files of somebody else
1: well, it is a gorgeous bookshop now I've actually not finished it. I've got the last three chapters to go um do well, the last
7: to... three, the last three chapters obviously um uh, talk about how um what happens when we lost mum. and then the last chapter is um me sort of looking at it from the outside in when i've had i had covid nineteen uh whilst I was writing this, and uh yeah, I was sitting. Sitting in my home, writing the book, uh, isolated, and I uh, with with this terrible, terrible disease. Uh, it was it, so it, 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 it it's quite a cool chapter that Chris.
1: All right. Well, I'll read it today in the sunshine. Um, gorgeous. Well, thank you for writing it. Thank you for being on the show, and thank you for for you know always saying yes to things we ask you to do because I really appreciate that.
7: Well, those things that you asked me to do are dead important. So I think that, you know, in that way, I'm pretty much like my mum. I'm not going to shy away from speaking out and speaking my mind and supporting young people.
1: Uh, so the book is called Remember Me, Discovering My Mother as She Lost Her Memory. But there could be brackets in there, couldn't there, I suppose? I, I suppose they they, they 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 don't need stating. Remember Me, Discovering My Mum, brackets, and a lot more of myself, (closed brackets, as she lost her memory. Maybe. What do you think?
7: maybe, probably, but I think writing is a kind of therapy, isn't
1: it? Yeah, of course it is. It's the best therapy. All right, uh, Shabna, love to talk to you. Please say yes again to the next thing we ask you to do. I promise it'll be for the good. All right, (laughs) bye-bye. Bye-bye, love. Thank
4: you. Ta-da. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
2: Our immune systems are headline news and our next guest can give you just the head start you need. Her new book Eat Yourself Healthy is out now with a wealth of gut health tips, so please welcome a lady that really faecal matters. It's everyone's first line of defence, Dr. Megan Rossi. Good morning, Dr. Megan. Hey,
11: guys. What an introduction.
2: Well, we love you,
1: Dr. Megan. You know that. Long time no speak. What's been going down in your world?
11: God, everything COVID, hey? Yeah. It's just taken over. Thankfully, there is actually a lot of research around the gut coming out um, in terms of looking at people at high risk of COVID and people's gut health. So I'm sure we'll touch on that.
1: Okay, can we say they are directly connected yet? Um, because, I mean, a lot of people have suspected that for a long time. Has it been medically proven? Has that been published?
11: So I'm going to say not completely, but there is three pieces of evidence I think is really important people know about. The first one is around this gut-lung axis. So a lot of people heard of this gut-brain axis, the communication between the gut bacteria uh, and your brain, we also know for quite some time there is this gut-lung axis. In fact, there's actually really good evidence um, in people with the common cold that if they take a specific probiotic, we can certainly help reduce their risk of getting a common cold. And actually, if they do get a common cold, it reduces compared to placebo, like a fake intervention, the specific probiotic can help reduce the duration of the common cold by around two days. So Although the virus that causes um, COVID-19 is very different to the virus that causes, you know, the common cold, there is certainly those sorts of, you know, bits that are similar between the two. So first piece of evidence is this gut-lung axis. The second piece of evidence actually is looking at people actually with COVID-19. And the studies coming out have shown that people with severe gut symptoms when they have COVID-19 actually seem to do worse. So they're more likely to have, respiratory failure. And then other researchers have gone into even more depth and found that those people with the gut symptoms and the worst COVID seem to be missing some key gut bacteria. And probably for the listeners, just so they're all aware, so we have these trillions of microorganisms, mostly bacteria, but actually some beneficial viruses that live in every single one of our guts. So the third piece of the puzzle is even more exciting. And this was a paper that's just come out And it's the first one to show that a specific probiotic, so they're the live microbes, uh, were given to half participants who had covid-19 and the other half just got the standard therapy so it was a nice study because they had people who were just on standard therapy versus those who had the standard therapy but also had this specific probiotic and what they showed it was a small study only 70 people but actually those who had the probiotic as well had a much lower risk of having respiratory failure with the covid-19 so from that, I think it's quite clear that, yes, our gut health can have a role. But I don't want people to think that if they just boost their gut up, um, that they're not going to get COVID. There's absolutely no evidence to show that. It's more likely that if you do get COVID and you have good gut health and overall health, then your risk of getting severe COVID is much lower.
1: So we can say that the microbiome continues to be the best defense to anything that, that might challenge you.
11: I, I honestly believe that. And, and the evidence is there to back it up.
1: You know, you are our gut uh, guru. Do you have one? Who is the uber gut guru, do you think?
11: You know what? It's so hard because I there are so many different groups around the world that's looking into gut health research. So, as you know, Chris, I work as a research fellow at King's and, you know, um, one of the professors there, Professor Kevin Whelan's doing amazing work. Um, But then also there's amazing researchers like Rob Knight in the US. So, so many research groups are looking at the gut. So I can't really say there is one guru for me. I think just looking at what everyone's doing um, is kind of how I pull together what I see as the most, you know, amazing, interesting elements around gut health. And, And more importantly, the evidence, because Chris, like, you know, with any, landmark scientific discovery. There's always going to be the companies and the people who try and make a quick buck of people's, you know, vulnerability and, and interest in the area. So you know, with Eat Yourself Healthy, I really wanted to break through that and just give people the actual strategies that have been shown to have a benefit in clinical trials, like as simple as that.
1: Okay, and one of the big things there, isn't it, is diversity. Because the more the more healthy stuff that is, not the more rubbish. But the more healthy stuff you throw at your gut on a daily basis, the more versatile it it sort it sort of welcomes, embraces versatility and variety.
11: Absolutely, that's one of the key key foundations of looking after your gut microbes is as many different types of plant-based foods in your diet as you can but you know with that it's not about going completely plant based or vegan you absolutely don't need to do that for good gut health it's more about what you include than what you exclude. So loading up on plants, but you know, if you enjoy things like a little bit of meat, it's fine to have small amounts, as long as the base of your diet has got plenty of different plants in it.
1: Dr. Megan Rossi, eat yourself healthy. Uh, her book, Eat Yourself Healthy, is out now. Her Twitter, uh, she's at the Gut Health Doc, and on Instagram at the Gut Health Doctor. So Twitter at the Gut Health Doc, and Instagram at the Gut Health Doctor. And the book Eat Yourself Healthy is
4: out now. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. On Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio
1: Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.